Hello and welcome to Locked On Astros, your daily Astros podcast. Here are your hosts, Eric the Man Heisman and Brett H-Town Wheelhouse Chansey. We are Locked On Houston Astros, and we hope that you join us for a daily Locked On Astros podcast. My name is Eric Heisman. You can find me on Twitter at EricTalkStros. You can find the show at Locked On Astros. Your team every day. Brett, where can they find you at? They can find me at H-Town Wheelhouse on Twitter and at Strohs411 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always positive, always Strohs. And we have special guest, Gabrielle. Where can they find you at? You guys can find me at G-F-S-T-A-R-R-1 on Twitter and at Girl at the Game on Twitter, Instagram, and girlatthegame.com and the Girl at the Game podcast, as well as, of course, being the host of Locked on Red Sox. Welcome to day two of the Locked on Astros podcast with the Locked on Red Sox host, Gabrielle. And we're going to go and finish the conversation we had. But uh, remember, you can get Locked on Astros on Podcast and App MLA, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. When you get in car, tell your smart device played podcast, Locked on Astros. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all your parts you'll ever need. Yeah, I mean, this would be almost as bad as the 94 uh, strike just because uh, of at the time it just this is on both sides technically but it's weird how the lawyers of MLB baseball agrees that the players shouldn't have to take another pay cut but the owners keep on doing it but yeah this is gonna this country needs baseball I know sports is not supposed to be a distraction but it is it's but it's it's a way for people to have uh, been unemployed they've lost their jobs they have stuff going on we got all the protesting sports are there to kind of give us something else to get us away from real life and that's what both sides are technically doing right now they're just kind of getting rid of that outlet and so it's just it's crazy right now and the fact that everybody agrees that the march 26 agreement said without fans in stands but now manfred saying no no that's not what it said uh, it said if people were going to games it it's just so upsetting and i i i agree too because you know, they also I like not to not to joke about it, but we so uh, we did the the lockdown live for long gone summer on Sunday night. And then we were talking about how McGuire and Sosa and just in general, like a lot of the players of the steroid era, they really they brought baseball back after the 94 strike. And now, though, like to kind of make a, a, a crass joke, like we don't have the steroid era. Because baseball banned it. So I don't know what they think is going to bring fans back. You know, like, <laughs> I, I mean, to me, it just seems like every single day. First of all, I mean, this is the most publicity baseball has had. Like the last five months, the most attention baseball has had really in a long time. Because unless you're a baseball fan, like you don't care about baseball. And that's the thing that baseball doesn't seem to understand is like you're either a fan of baseball or like you don't care. There's no, it's not like, oh, I'm like a mild NBA fan. Like baseball is one of those things you either really like love it and get it and appreciate it or you don't. They're, what they're doing right now is not only are they hurting their players and hurting their own business, they're hurting their fans. I mean, there are people who are just like, I don't even care if it comes back this year anymore. I'm so sick of this. Like it's too much. Like you ruined it for me. Like they're ruining themselves 
Baseball is ruining itself. And I don't know how they're going to recover from that because they don't even know how to market themselves in normal times to attract fans. And now they're 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 upsetting their actual existing fans. You know, I don't know how they would come back from this. I think that one of the things we're going to have to hopefully see is just some sort of a miracle, almost just something out of left field that happens where maybe one of the owners goes behind the scenes and goes to Manfred and go, you know what, we need to bite the bullet on this one. I just, it to me seems like Manfred is just really dead set on letting the players know that he's a commissioner. Now, with all that being said, okay, we know that more than likely Mookie Betts could could probably never play a single game as a Dodger if we don't have a season. There's a lot of people that bought Mookie Betts Dodgers jerseys. Sorry, hopefully they can get a refund. Um, but George Springer. George Springer is really has really been the heart and soul of this team in a lot of ways. One of the best leadoff hitters in the game. One of the best power leadoff hitters in the game right now. And I know he is from that area up in Boston. A lot of fans, including myself and Eric, want to see Springer back in Houston. I mean, we think that he should be a lifetime Astro. think he should retire as an Astro just like Altuve and Bregman. And we talked about this off air, but do you think that there is a possibility that Springer goes to Boston? Do you think that the Boston, the kind of the cloud that's really not as heavy over y'all as it is over us, do you think that that cloud kind of taints the picture a little bit? Is is there a possibility of Springer being a Boston Red Sox in the near future? I've heard reports of him, like, you know, being a free agent target for the Red Sox. On the other hand, I've also heard reports that the Astros want to extend him. And I mean, for starters, like from a from an optics standpoint, having him go from the, the Astros to the Red Sox, like when both of the teams went through what they went through this winter, not exactly like the fresh, clean slate that he, that that Springer himself or the Red Sox want. I mean, we already got Colin McHugh and I was like, OK, so we we, we signed an Astro pitcher. Um, Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Interesting way to turn the page. Like you fired Cora, but you're signing an Astro. Like that's, that's not going to remind anyone of anything. (laughs) Not to say like that Colin McHugh was like the mastermind of, that's obviously not my point, but just, you know, the Astros and the Red Sox have had their names kind of irrevocably linked for the last six months. And, and I don't think either team wants that. Springer went to UConn. He played with Matt Barnes. He's like, I think he's from Connecticut and not Massachusetts, but like the New England area, obviously. They definitely need a power leadoff hitter. I mean, Mookie was our leadoff hitter and he was incredible. Uh, He had something like, I think he has something like 16 career leadoff home runs. And he's, he's, you know, a young guy. So that's pretty impressive. But Springer also... From what I know, I mean, he's had some injuries, like hamstring. Is he the one that had the back injuries? That was uh, Carlos Correa. Is that Correa? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. I mean, the Red Sox haven't indicated wanting to spend any money. Yeah. That. that like that that's was why. My that's question. That's why they shipped off Mookie and Price. I mean, Price because his deal was an albatross to begin with. Like it was the most lucrative pitching deal in baseball history. He's making like thirty-two million dollars a year, uh, and he was only really good for like one of those years. Mookie, they shipped off with Price because they didn't really want to pay him what he deserved. So, you know, Correa, I mean, Springer, I really, I mean, I just don't see them wanting to spend any money. That's the thing is like, they they seem very content. Like they hired Chaim Bloom and Chaim Bloom comes from the Rays. So he, A, knows how to work with very little money and B, he knows how to build up a farm system. 
Yeah, I think especially if this is a shortened season, I think that we'll see people like George Springer possibly sign a one-year deal, maybe even Mookie Betts, yeah. uh, just to kind of wait out the contract because there's not going to be any money next offseason. Uh, Garrett Cole was a free agent at the right time, and he got his money. So did uh, Rendon. But, yeah, this offseason is not going to be your typical – I don't know off the top of my head who's a free agent besides some of the Astros. But, yeah, it's it's going to be a slim market. And I think that if there is a spring training 2.0, I think that you'll see Jim Crane go out there and really extend George Springer to a long-term deal. But it is a uh, something that we've always heard about is uh, he loves he he's a Red Sox fan and that's he may eventually want to go home. But I don't think the Red Sox are will be in the market. Not with trying to stay under the luxury tax threshold. Here at the Locked On Podcast Network, we stand against racism and social injustice. That's why we, the host, are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change. And in the month of June, Locked On is matching the total of all host donations up to an additional $10,000. To make your own donation along with us, please visit LockedOnPodcast.com forward slash Black Lives Matter. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? Is your Odyssey an LX or is it an XE? And wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money. With Rock Auto, you can save 30, 50, sometimes 100% more. And you don't have to go to some random dealership and listen to them try to side talk you into another vehicle. So go check out rockauto.com. It is also a family business. They've been serving auto part customers for for 20 years online. So when you go to rockauto.com to shop for your auto parts and body parts, they have hundreds of manufacturers to choose from. Best of all, rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and and see all the parts available right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they will know we sent you i mean they're the thing is they're now well under it because i think their current payroll is at something like 180 million because like you know i was one of those people that was like re-sign brock Holt, like give brock Holt a, like a contract you can afford it because when they shipped off price and nuki they cut like literally $50 million off their payroll. They ha- they are well under the threshold now. But I agree that free agency this winter is going to be a nightmare because we don't even know right now if we're going to have baseball. But even if we don't have baseball, they all still get a year of service time. So we still have free agents. And when we had Rachel Luba on the podcast, she said that 100% this is going to affect free agency because I I think Trevor Bauer, this is his free agency year. I believe so. Because... And he and he's an interesting case because he has said that he wants to only have one year contracts throughout his career for very for like the very interesting reason that for starters, if he's not playing on a good team, he's only stuck with them for a year. And also that they can trade, you know, if they're not playing well, they can trade him to a playoff contending team. And then, you know, for half the season, he's playing on a playoff contending team, maybe getting to win the World Series. And if not you know, he gets to try again in the winter, which honestly is, is not the craziest thing I've ever heard. But as but for free agency in general, I mean, if these guys don't even want to play, 
if these guys don't even want to pay the players the money that's already in their contracts that they have agreed upon. And not only that, they don't even want to pay minor leaguers $400 a week, which is like the lowest of the low that like you're a billionaire and you don't even care about if these guys can feed themselves and house themselves. I I, I don't see anybody going out and being like, I want to go drop big bucks on a free agent because they don't even want to pay the players that they already have. One of the things I think um, Eric was going to um, bring this up. So, you know, we have all this news, all this like bad news and stuff. And we were just talking about Jim Crane. Um, Eric, do you want to read that tweet from um, from Chandler Rome? What he just said, uh, he just tweeted this out. Yeah, uh, I know that nobody's actually talked to Jim Crane. Uh, none, none of the media has been allowed to. But uh, during a Zoom meeting today, apparently he said that there will be no furloughs or layoffs through October 31st. Employees who make 100000 or more will take pay cuts, with those making higher salaries taking um, cuts. So basically, uh, they're trying to save some money throughout the um, Throughout all the, I guess, all the administrative side, because maybe they think they're going to have a season. I don't know what's going to happen here, but it's good to see um, that's the first team that I know that's gone all the way through October 31st. I could be wrong. I, ha- I haven't really been paying much attention to it, but uh, yeah, it's it's a different time right now. You, you're so used to people like the Yankees. One time the Red Sox just throwing money at people, but that's, that's going to be... I think that's going to not be here for about two to three years. It's going to take about two to maybe even longer just to kind of get things back on track. Yeah. I mean, and not only that, but the sad thing is that teams are, teams are seeing, and we saw this with the Red Sox this winter, because the thing is like they could afford to be over the threshold. Like I understand from a, a draft pick standpoint and all that kind of stuff and the taxes standpoint that they, you know, like it, it, it is damaging, but at the same time, I mean, It's not like if you go over the luxury tax threshold for multiple years in a row, you get like banned from baseball for a year. You start the the season with an automatic 20 losses or something. The thing that's so frustrating is knowing that literally every single baseball team owner is a billionaire. And so having them cry poor and not only having them cry poor, but having people side with them is like very upsetting because it just reinforces their behavior and with the red Sox, like they could have paid mookie Betts so easily so easily they could have paid him even if they shipped off david price uh without mookie in a package deal i mean the mookie david price deal was basically like the mariners mets deal that got that sent robinson cano and edwin diaz where they really wanted to unload robinson cano's salary so they packaged him with arguably the best closer in baseball that year. Like Edwin Diaz had the most saves in baseball that year. And they did it because they needed an attractive trade piece to get them to agree kind of the way Mike Lowell ended up in Boston in 2007. And then Mike Lowell turned out to be the the MVP um, for the, for the postseason for the Red Sox. The, the Mookie price thing, like there are so many, like price is still a good pitcher. There are other teams that could have taken, that would have taken him without Mookie like if the Red Sox had agreed to eat part of his salary because I mean he still has a ridiculous amount of money on his salary I think it's like 60 million dollars maybe probably more honestly the Red Sox could have been like yeah we'll eat like 10 million of that a season or something and like some team that had no pitching would have snapped him up and they could have kept Mookie and they could have paid him and literally every person in Boston was like pay this man 
pay this man. But they didn't, and now he's gone. Yeah, that's that's how a lot of people felt like. Um, well, I mean, obviously, I think Garrett Cole is a completely different situation. I think he had his eyes on New York all along. You know, Eric and I were discussing last night, and we can probably um, wrap it up on this point just, just to discuss our um, our final thoughts on this, is that as baseball fans for your, you know, you know, for yourself, Gabby, for myself, for Eric, we're baseball fans. We love the game. And 2021, if there's an opening day, if there's a season, we'll be there. Like, they're not going to lose me. They're not going to lose you. They're not going to lose Eric. But they're going to lose people who are basically just fed up with this bullcrap. And even maybe some people that said, you know what, I'm going to stick things out through the 1994 strike, and they stuck with the game. And um, I've heard people say, if baseball goes through something like this again, I'm out. I'm just, I'm tired. I don't, I don't, I don't have time. Um, especially with the way salaries have been inflated and how much these players get paid. But that's what I think. I think my final thought on this is that I think we are losing fans by the day. I think you, anybody on the fringe, they're gone. And one of the only positive things I see coming out of this is if they do make some more minor league cuts. We haven't talked about this is seeing those minor league teams go to other smaller independent leagues, which might grow those smaller independent leagues. So that might be a be a positive to come out of the negative. I'm always trying to see the glasses half full. But Eric, what do you think? Do you think we're going to continue to lose more fans? What are your final thoughts on that? I, I really trust my commissioner. He says, the only thing I could tell you is that the owners are committed to trying to find a way through this and get the games back on the field. So I trust him 100%. I think that he's definitely going to get the game back on his feet, but it's going to be a disaster. Like he said, I know that Tony Clark said it too, and it's just a matter uh, – it's going to be a matter of time. And uh, the minor league system, the minor league players, they're going to suffer this year because a lot of them are not going to have anywhere to play. I mean, they can go practice at their facilities and stuff like that, but – they're not going to have games this year. And so that's going to really set back a lot of teams in the future just because they won't have that time to really develop those prospects. Yeah, the minor, the minor league thing to me is one of the most upsetting and concerning aspects of all of this because if you're already in Major League Baseball, you are safer than the guys in the minors, obviously. But the, the thing that, upset, that concerns me is that Major League Baseball doesn't seem to think long-term at all. And that's not germane just to this current situation. It's, you know, you've seen it over the last few years because if they thought long-term, they would lower ticket prices to make it more affordable for parents to take young children to the ballpark. Because like, you know, taking a little kid to a game when the seat, the cheapest seats are $50 and like the kid's not going to stay awake past the third inning anyway. And then you got to buy him like a $10 hot dog. It's not, something that a lot of people can afford. And if they can't afford it, they can afford it once a year, not for, you know, 20 out of 162 games kind of thing. They don't care about engaging the future of baseball, which is children who would grow up to become paying customers. And they don't care about taking care of, of, of minor leaguers who are the players who become major leaguers. And so uh, I was on a, a work call the other day with somebody who's a baseball writer as well. And they said that they're kind of not so conspiracy conspiracy theory, uh, which I, I talked about a little bit when we did the Maguire Sosa thing this weekend is baseball is a bubble. It is a bubble that's been inflating itself over the last few years. Manfred helped all of these owners make more money. 
and owners can now sell their teams for billions of dollars. Like the Royals were sold in November for $1.1 billion and they haven't even been good in a couple of years. Like, and they, they are not planning on being good for a couple of years, but they still sold for over a billion dollars. And the guy who bought them bought them for like $130 million. So talk about a return on investment. These guys are inflating the worth of their teams. They're going to sell them. And meanwhile, baseball's losing fans. Attendance has dropped year over year. In the fall, it came out that the Marlins were the first team since 2004 to have less than a million fans in home attendance for the season. You look at all of this and you're like, baseball could easily fix a lot of these problems and they would make even more money in the long run, but they don't care about the long run. That's the same reason they inked a billion dollar deal for a TV thing this week during all of this stuff that's going down with the players. Like they don't even know if they're going to have baseball and they're still signing TV deals for billions of dollars because they don't care if you know they don't care about fans they don't even care if their own players are happy as long as they're making money but eventually that money is going to stop because tvs aren't going to want to air baseball games if nobody tunes into baseball games yeah like right now right now fans watch baseball on tv because they can't i mean because they either can't afford to go to a ballpark or because they don't live near enough to a ballpark that's why fans watch baseball on tv but if you don't have any fans watching baseball on TV, then nobody's watching baseball on TV. So right now, those TV deals, you know, Fox Sports, Time Warner, Spectrum, whatever, uh, they want to air baseball on their channels because it's still something that gets viewership. You know, people in Boston have to pay for New England Sports Network because otherwise they can't watch Red Sox games because they're blacked out in their own market. But yeah. Yeah. if baseball loses all of its fans, then TVs, TV stations aren't going to want to air baseball games because like no one's going to watch that. And and it's crazy to me because these are such logical, you know, connections. These are such logical step one, step two, step three, like lower your ticket prices, more fans come, more fans come. You actually make more money. Uh, if you can't, if a fan can't afford to be in the ballpark, they can't afford to spend money in a ballpark. You'd make more money on concessions. If you just lowered the prices of admission so that people would be physically there to spend money at your ballpark. And the same thing with the TV thing. Like these are such logical, simple table of contents kind of thing, instruction steps, and they just don't do it. And and that's why, you know, even me, like you said, like you'll be at Fenway opening. I'd be at Fenway opening day at the same time. I'm like, screw this. You know, people are like, oh, you should buy this jersey. I'm like, I'm not giving them more of my money. I buy my my Red Sox stuff vintage on eBay. So I support an independent seller. I'm not giving the Red Sox any more of my money. Like, I'm, I'm just so sick of watching the game that I love be ruined by the people who run the game because they don't love the game enough to understand how to fix it. It was a great podcast. We're probably going to break this up in two shows. But um, Gabrielle, can you tell us where they can find you on Twitter and about uh, your podcast and your other podcast? Yeah, so uh, people can find me on Twitter at G-F-S-T-A-R-R-1 and at Girl at the Game. My website is girlatthegame.com. Exactly how it sounds, no spaces or weird anything, just girl at the game. Um, my podcast, Girl at the Game, covers baseball, but it also covers other sports, basketball, football. Um, occasionally we talk a little bit of, of soccer uh, we have incredible guests. We recently had Keith Folk on, the closer for the 2004 World Series for the Red Sox, Rachel Luba, Tra Trevor Bowers' agent, Bob Kendrick, president of the Negro Leagues Museum, with all kinds of different guests. And, of course, I do Locked on Red Sox, so three to three to five days a week, depending. I get on there and uh, factually bum you guys out about the Red Sox and the state of baseball and um, do all that kind of stuff. 
All right. Thank you for coming on. And that wraps up this edition of the Locked On Astros podcast. Now you tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On MLB. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow.